In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Shine, Jesus, shine. As part of your handouts this morning, you probably received uh, an insert with some sermon thoughts on it, and also a prayer request card. And uh, we encourage you to think of others who need more of the light of Christ to shine within them and upon them, and that you might write their names down in the sermon thought sheets that you can take home for yourself and pray for them and the prayer request card that we will turn in so that members of our prayer ministry team will pray for them. But as we begin this morning, our text is taken from Matthew chapter 2 and the uh, event of the wise men being led by a star as they came to see the Christ child. So please join with me in reading our text. They went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were exceedingly glad. <clears throat> Picture this event uh, uh, for yourself. You're uh, at home in a uh, winter's night. Uh, everything seems to be going very well. It's nice and warm and cozy, and suddenly the power goes out. The power goes out. As you stand there in the middle of your living room, the darkness seems to intensify. Without any light, even the very familiar surroundings of our home can become an obstacle. It looks like the power is not going to come on very soon, so we decide to go to a different room to try to find some flashlights. As we do, we uh, stumble over a book that we left on the floor, uh, we bump into a chair, uh, we carefully reach out our foot to find the step that we know is there someplace in the darkness. You see, darkness makes things <clears throat> difficult. And one thing is for sure, more darkness does not eliminate the darkness. Only light has the power to chase the darkness away. The scriptures often describe the results of sin as uh, separating ourselves from God. And since God is light, to separate ourselves from God means that we deliberately walk into the darkness. We deliberately choose to do things that are going to make our life more difficult. And very often in the scriptures then, <clears throat> the term darkness means to be a person who is separating themselves from God and His light. The light of God is needed to push the darkness back so that we can live with confidence and with faith. In the Gospel of Matthew, <clears throat> we are told about the wise men who followed the star. Now, the wise men lived about a thousand miles away from Bethlehem and Jerusalem. The wise men lived in a society of darkness. They lived in a society that was basically governed by all kinds of false idols and false gods. And these particular religions and perspectives of the people of that society uh, wound up being enslaved with all the rules and regulations that had been established through these various religions. It was very clear that the people could never do enough to win the approval of the gods. The gods were always angry with them. 
And as a result, people had no confidence for the future. Their life was walking through the darkness, and that was very difficult. Forgiveness was only available if you were among the very elite who could be good enough to earn it. And life beyond death was a giant question mark. There was no question that there was life beyond death. That was not the question. The question was, what lies ahead for me after death? And the prospect and the answers that were given by their religions were terrifying. The more that people followed these gods, these idols, the more darkness was added to their darkness. And even the wisdom of the wisest of their scholars could not provide the light that was needed. I think that we can all see parallels in our world today. You know, the past 100 years has once again demonstrated that uh, what the world often calls enlightenment only brings more darkness, more futility, more hopelessness. The so-called wisdom of the world can often lead us away from God and His mercy. And when people are doing that and leading us away from God and His mercy, it's, trying to, it's like trying to eliminate darkness by adding more darkness. It's like being in the dark and we finally find a flashlight only to discover that the batteries are dead. Now, we must be careful when people claim that they are lights in our world and in our society. Because when they claim to be lights in our society, one of the things we need to do is check the batteries. Batteries that are powered by sin only lead to more sin. They only lead to more darkness. Batteries powered by the love of God in Christ lead to life. Now, the wise men were looking for light. They were looking for light in their world of darkness. God provided that light through a star that led them to Jesus, the light of the world. The wise men didn't produce the star. They didn't make that star happen, even as much as they wanted it to be there. God gave them what they could not produce on their own. It was God's gift to the star that led them to Jesus. And when they found him... The wise men gave gifts that worshipped him as the true God, as the only God who exists. They gave him gifts which indicated that gave honor to Jesus as the King and the Lord of their lives. And they gave him gifts that foretold the sacrifice that the King would make for them. They, promised, they found the promised Savior who gave them a hope, a future, a faith, and a confidence that was able to lead them even when they were surrounded by darkness, leading them to the light of Christ. So what does this mean for us in our living today? This event that happened 2,000 years ago, wise men and stars. Well, first of all, like the wise men, we did not produce the star. In other words, we did not find the light of Christ on our own. Our faith in Jesus is not something that we produced. Not even, uh, it doesn't come close. Just as the wise men didn't produce the star, so we don't produce our faith. 
We didn't overcome the darkness of our sin by our own power. Instead, what God did in His mercy and love for us, He used stars in our lives to bring us to Christ. Now, those stars may have been parents or relatives or friends or spouse or uh, other uh, uh, family members. They were people that God used to tell us about Jesus. They were people who shared the light of Christ with us. They helped us to understand that Jesus loves us so much that he was willing to sacrifice himself completely, even paying the penalty of our sin and our guilt before God. And that he has conquered death for us and assures us of life beyond this life. You see, like the wise men, we did not journey to Christ on our own. We were led there. God used a star to lead the wise men. God used people in our lives as stars to bring us to Him. Our situation is the same as that of the wise men. No stars, no discovery of the Christ, the light of the world. No stars, no discovery of the light of Christ. Think back on your life. Who are some of the stars that God gave you to help you understand the love that he has for you? If we're privileged to still have those people around us in this life, we want to make sure and thank them for being those stars. If there are people who now then live in the full light of eternity, then we thank God for them. Because you see, without those stars we would very likely still be in our sin, in the darkness of our sin. What can we learn about this event of 2,000 years ago of wise men and star? Well, first of all, like the wise men, we did not produce the star. We didn't find the light of Christ on our own. And secondly, like the wise men, God comes to us in our personal times of darkness. God reaches out to us in our personal times of darkness. Now God is very, very clear in his scriptures that in this world and life, there's always going to be some darkness. It might be the darkness of disappointments. It might be the darkness of uh, family problems or violence or failures or, or the list could go on and on and on. As long as there's life in this world exists, there's going to be some darkness. But God promises to bring his light into our personal world's of darkness. A dear friend of ours was in a hospital with terrible pain. When Jane and I were visiting with her, it was well evident that she was extremely uncomfortable and hurting very badly. After visiting with her for a while, I prayed with her, and in my prayer I asked God to relieve her, her pain. But her prayer was different. Her prayer went like this, Father, if it's not time to take away the pain, then at least please give me your peace. If it's not time to take away the pain, then at least please give me your peace. Within a few moments, God's tremendous peace surrounded her. The pain and discomfort, they were still there, brutally there. 
But at the same time, she felt herself being held in the arms of her father, her savior. God had personally reached into her life of darkness to give her his light. And thankfully, God does that for each of us as well. Things may not work out for us the way that we wanted them to. We encounter disappointments and sorrows and losses. But even in those times of darkness, God is continuing to reach to us with the light of his promises. He assures us we are forgiven. We are forgiven, even when we feel like we could never be forgiven. He assures us that he is with us even when we feel like we are forsaken. We, he is Emmanuel, God with us. He assures us of a future even when we think there's no hope. He gives us, he reaches into our personal worlds of darkness, assuring us of his promises and his light. Just like the wise men searched the skies looking for a sign that would lead them out of their darkness, it's important that we continue to search and look in our lives to discover ways that God continues to be Emmanuel, to be with us even in our darkness, reaching out to us to give us light. So what does this mean, this event of the wise men and star? Like the wise men, we did not produce the star. We did not come to the light of Christ on our own. Like the wise men, God comes to us in our personal times of darkness. And a third lesson God gives us the privilege of being stars to bring others to the light of Christ. God gives us the privilege to be stars who bring others to the light of Christ. Do we know people who need the light of Christ in their lives? Are people who need the love, forgiveness, hope, and peace that only Jesus can give? Of course, we most likely do. And just as God placed that star in the night sky 2,000 years ago for the wise men to see, to follow, to bring them to Jesus, so also God places us where we are to lead others to the light of Christ. Now, to be sure, very often the clouds of our sin cover over the light that we're supposed to give. And sometimes our light is rather dim, not dim-witted, as uh, Pastor Tom might want to say. But sometimes our light is very dim. Fortunately, there are times when it is bright and clear. The important thing is to remind ourselves, God has made us to be stars to those around us. And how can we be stars? We ask God the Holy Spirit to give us the strength and the wisdom to live as people who are forgiven and loved by Christ. And when we live as people who are forgiven and loved by Christ, then we become stars. You see, God produces light through our examples even when we don't realize it. Unfortunately, very, for us as Christians, sometimes we can have the attitude that says, it was toward others who don't believe or who find it hard to believe, we can have the attitude that says, you know, if you want the darkness, you go right ahead. You go ahead. But when we do that, and have that particular attitude, it's important for us to remember we were the ones who were in darkness. We were the ones who were in darkness. And thank God that the people 
around us did not have that kind of attitude. As I look back on my life and I see so many times that I chose the darkness, I continue to choose the darkness, I am so thankful that there were people who did not give up on me. People who continue to reach out to me to encourage me to come back to the light, to lead me to the light of Christ. And as we think of others who need the hope and encouragement, then we pray for them. That's why our prayer request cards. And we ask others to pray for, pray for them. And we also pray for ourselves. We ask God to open their minds and their hearts to receive the good news. And also we ask that God would help us to use opportunities to bring that good news to them. After our creeds, after we have stated our creed this morning, we'll have opportunity to write down names, the first names of people that we would like to pray for. And some of those prayer cards then we'll be able to pick them up and members of our prayer ministry team will pray for them for the next several weeks. Now as we also pray for them, we also need to remember the message of the good news. The message of the good news is not how bad everybody else is and how great we are. That's not the message of the good news at all. The message of the good news is not even how great our church is or how wonderful the congregation is. That's not the message of the good news. The message of the good news is always about Jesus, His goodness, His love, His sacrifice, His resurrection, His promise. The message of the good news is always about Jesus. Carl Menderes uh, wrote a book entitled Speaking of Jesus, and Brian Fisher is leading a class on that uh, on our Sunday mornings, and I encourage you to uh, participate in that class if you haven't chosen one. But in his book, Speaking of Jesus, uh, Carl also uh, one time did an experiment and uh, while he was in Denver, he uh, uh, randomly stopped 50 people uh, on the street in Denver and uh, did kind of a personal interview with them and basically asked them one question. He said, uh, what are your thoughts about Christians in the church? Results were like this. All of them spoke very disparagingly of Christians and the church. They brought up examples in their history that um, were not very positive at all. Uh, several days later, Carl went to the same streets of Denver, randomly stopped 50 people, and this time he asked him a little bit different question. What are your thoughts about Jesus? This time, all 50 people responded very positively. They may not have believed that Jesus is their Savior. They may not have believed that Jesus had died on the cross for them and forgives them their sins, but they held Jesus in great honor. They still admired him for what he taught and the way that he lived. Now this gives us guidance about being stars. When we have opportunity to talk with others, our focus needs to be on Jesus. Our focus always needs to be on Jesus, who he is, a human being like us,
but also God himself who willingly stepped into our world of darkness to give us his light. Our focus needs to be on Jesus and what he has done. Because he loves us and wants what is best for us, he died in our place so that we could be forgiven. He died for us because he loves us so much, not even in spite of our sin. He died for us, and our focus needs to be upon what he has done for us. And our focus needs to be on Jesus, on what he promises. We are forgiven. We are forgiven. He is with us and will walk with us throughout this life. He has conquered death for us and promises that we will conquer it as well. He has an eternity ahead of us that he has prepared for us. You see, God gives us the privilege to be stars that brighten the darkness that others are in. But it's always, always about Jesus. Like the wise men, we did not produce the star. We didn't come to Jesus on our own power. Like the wise men, God reaches out to us in our personal times of darkness. And God also gives us a privilege of being stars to bring others to the light of Christ. So people of God, people who have been led to Christ by stars whom God provided in the lives of others. May God the Holy Spirit enlighten us to see the opportunities that we have to be stars for others, stars that lead them to Jesus, the light that chases away the darkness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.